you keep your fridge at 67 degrees. I keep mine at 62. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I think that's interesting, Bill, because there's a lot more that goes into it other than the date that's on there. The handling of your food certainly plays a critical role. Also, pro tip, Bill, if your fridge is at 62, that's not cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Let's get it going here at 810 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Tuesday morning. So much I want to get to in this free hour that we have, Eric. Folks ask all the time, well, how do you guys decide what you're going to talk about, what things go where? Eric and I pretty much have this hour to talk about Sort of whatever we want. It's usually something that stands out to us from today's news, something we knew that was happening maybe. Mm-hmm. So on my list, I have a lot of interesting things with this guy who slammed into the barriers outside the White House today, learning more about who that was, the truck that he was driving. 19-year-old from Missouri and a U-Haul. So with that, we have Russia banning American late-night hosts from traveling there. Which is interesting. Except for Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) Except for Jimmy Fallon. Green Bay wins the NFL draft in 2025. Huge story there. Would like to have an opportunity to talk through that with you as well. The Milwaukee Public Museum revealing later today its latest, the last of five permanent galleries that will be part of the new space in 2026. A host of stories we want to cover. But there is one story, aside from the weather, that you had in the news today that affects each and every one of us. Virtually every day. Yes. And it's hard to find that. You know, folks say, well, how do you choose news stories and things like that? I'm like, sometimes they're just interesting. But really, we're looking to prioritize things that affect us. What effect does this have in my life? You sometimes hear that when we, it's a story that people aren't interested in. Like, what, what does this matter to me? How does this impact my daily life? There's one story that really spoke to me is, man, this across the board affects each and every one of us every day. New calls to change the way food is labeled. And we're not talking about sugars and dietary things like that. No, not nutritional stuff. Food safety advocates, along with a congressman in New Jersey, are pushing for a change to the expiration date system. There are no current federal standards for sell by, use by, or best buy. Well, you call it a system, and it's like not even a system. Yeah, I was say, that's, that's the problem. Kind, right. <laughs> right. Dietitian April Mislevsky. So many of us look at the date labels on food products, and we instantly get confused. More often than not, we throw it away because we fear we might get sick. So I never even thought about that. Bingo. I never even thought about that, that how much food is wasted because someone's looking at the quote-unquote expiration date and just tossing stuff, whether it's rice or anything. It doesn't have to be a dairy product. So you mentioned that uh, there's a statistic in one of the stories today. Yeah. It was something uh, like 40%. Yeah, between 30 and 40% of all food in the U.S. is wasted. And that is the... 40%? That's nearly yep. half. That's equivalent to about 400 pounds of food per year for every American. That's flat immoral. I, it drives me crazy. Right? It drives me crazy when we're throwing food out. At home. Oh. And you know what that did for, for us? It's Monday afternoon or evening after dinner because Tuesday's garbage day. And you go through the fridge and you're like, what about this? What about that? Maybe you go through the pantry or other things. This is old. That's old. And sometimes you do or sometimes you don't look at the date. It's hard with leftovers. To sure. Know, like, well, yep, how long yep. does this last? And that's that's one thing. Something fuzzy growing on this, but otherwise <laughs> right. it looks all right. Okay, clearly that's out. <laughs> 
But if you're going into the pantry and you've got that loaf of bread that says best buy this date on it, what does that mean? Right. And that's where Congressman Josh Gottenheimer is so frustrated because he's leading this bipartisan effort because he says, he's like, what? We have to have something that makes sense in a standardized situation. I love this situation. You're telling me that a recently purchased rice or a bag of pretzels is dangerous to consume on that shelf date? Or how about your salt and pepper? You got to throw out the salt and pepper because suddenly someone came up with a random date on that. <laughs> yeah, I love a this guy. He's, he's hot over it. Right. And you do. And, and like, what do they even all mean? What does Best Buy mean compared to sell by or use by? Sell by, they're like taking a pass on it. All right, we just said they got to sell it by this date. What you want to do with it, if you want to eat it six weeks from now, that's your business. That's almost <laughs> like a cop out. Like, but Best Buy and Used Buy, those are right. that's almost like probable and doubtful. <laughs> and these are standards by the manufacturer of the food, right? We get to decide. You and I have Eric and Vinny's Bakery, and we just say, well, this bread is Best Buy this day. Well, sure, it's Best Buy the moment you walk out the door. But in two days, it might be okay, might still be good. I, what I'm looking for, and this is my question for you on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old, 855-616-1620. What do you want that label to, see, to say and to mean? For me, and I have to work on the marketing on this, but I'm looking for a label that basically says, this will hurt you by. Or this will make you sick by. Right. And then I can judge based beyond that whether or not it's tasty enough for me to still consume. I'd say take it off. Let it no label the consumer. Well, for not for dairy, but for everything else. But what do you need to have an expiration date or a best buy date for pasta? If you eat the pasta and you don't like it, then throw it away. (laughs) If you waited five years to eat it, that's on you. You know, beer went with the born on date. I this is when that. the beer yeah. was made, and I still, I, hmm, I have some, I have some friends of mine who swear by that kind of stuff. Oh, I can tell this is this old. is old beer. Oh, come on, man, can you just crush that silver bullet, please? But right, if you have a, a year old Miller Lite, that's not going to make you sick. You may not enjoy it as yeah, much. Yeah, you might note maybe. That's maybe. what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like a food safety guideline. Like this becomes not safe for you to eat after this date. Beyond that, but that I'll take it from there. But that's not going to be an issue with certain foods. That's why it shouldn't even be on there. Pasta isn't going to make you sick ever, is it? I guess not. No. Michael, like, he, like the congressman mentioned, rice. Michael on the uh, Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. My water bottle has an expiration date. It's water. It's all old. <laughs> right. It's water. What can happen to it in that bottle? <laughs> but, I mean, maybe, so is this being done for cynical purposes? Is it being done to make you buy more? Okay, we got to put something on there to make sure that they go back to the store and buy more of our product. I guess I like to know. I want to know, like with bread or something that might go old and stale or something, that's not, that's not going to cause you to be unsafe unless it's moldy, and that's based on what you see instead of the date. Like, we had, this just happened to me the other day. I'm, I went reaching for... Some bread. Wife says, I think that's pretty old. Like, well, it's not moldy, and I'm going to eat it. And if you don't like it, just spit it it out. Right. Uh, From the 262, we never look at those dates. We look, we smell, we taste. That's how you determine. And you did mention, like, dairy or something like meat. Where if if it spoils and can actually make you sick because it's turned... There's where I'm looking for a little help, a little guidance. That's why, do you what, you don't like my marketing on that? This will hurt you by date? Well, here's one. Don't consume after. 
I like that. There we go. That's clean. That's, That's from nice. the 414 text. It in. Don't consume after May 23rd. 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talk and text line. What are you looking for that date to tell you about the food that you're buying? Uh, let's go to the phones. Old National Bank talk and text line. We have Gianni with us uh, this morning. Morning, sir. What's happening? Yeah. Yes, Gianni. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, um, I have a little bit of a background in food science. Uh, the, the best buy dates are completely arbitrary. Uh, when, you're, when you're looking at spices or, um, uh, you know, packaged foods that are canned, um, those can go well beyond the uh, best uh, consumed date. Um, what, what you want to do is if food needs to be frozen, you keep it frozen. If it needs to be refrigerated, uh, then you refrigerate it. But canned foods, spices, uh, dried beans, uh, various and sundry other <laughs> dried products, hey, um, you can go well, well, well beyond the sell date. What you want to look for is um, if you pop a can open and it has gas in it and it obviously smells bad, that's a sign of botulism and you want to throw that out. But uh, but if the food, date is um, not there, then, you know, I'm still going to eat it, Gianni. Well, you're not going to eat it when you pop it and there's there's gas there. So well, right. If, it's, right. if it smells rotten, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm Ex- exactly. I, th- I think he's absolutely on track with that. Yeah, Thanks, I Gianni. I, you know, but your, your question about pasta or like he mentioned, like uh, dried dried foods, things like that. Here's one from the 414. Hey, guys, I know I'm skeptical. I think it, everything is a racket because sales So does people, Eric. Yeah, I'm skeptical with you. Uh, salespeople and marketing teams are trying to sell more stuff. That means they put an earlier expiration date, so you have to throw it away and you have to eat it or like it. And you got to buy it again. If, and that's, way how, that's how their sales go up, essentially, is what the texture is saying there. Somebody just texted this. And it's, it's a meme, and it's a, like a bucket of salt. And it says, just my luck, I buy 250 million-year-old salt, and it expires this year. It has an expiration <laughs> right. This was pulled out of a mine somewhere right, on the other side of the earth and put in a package, but it goes bad in 2023. 414 texted in, when in doubt, call Sean Wentz. There you go. So I got on the phone, and I called Sean Went, and I said, Sean, I need some help. Yeah. I need hey. you to read this label for me. <laughs> Is this pasta good or no? <laughs> 819 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Expired. 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 Thanks. You won't get no dessert till you clean off your plate, so eat it. Don't you tell me you're full, just eat it. 823 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Some folks encouraging the USDA to come up with a uniform standard for those labels that show us when our food is good. Food of all kinds. Use by, sell by, eat by. All mere suggestions. I'm, I thought of another one that, that they could say. How about, this will ruin your day by. <laughs> <laughs> you won't leave the throne if. <laughs> right. <laughs> Consider yes. by. Right. Uh, here's one. Uh, a couple of texts in on that. They suggest consume by. So consume by May 23rd. Another one says safe until. Safe okay. until May 23rd. Uh, one says use or freeze by. They like that. That's one texter. Um, here's one uh, from the old National Bank talking text line. I was buying a ham at a grocery store a few years ago. I saw that the expired date had passed, and I asked the butcher, and he says, oh, wait. And he came back and put a new sticker on the ham no. with a date that wasn't expired. <laughs> it's not expired. <laughs> there you go. You're good. There you go. It's on sale today. 824 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Let me go to the phones on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Sam is with us from Door County this morning. Hi, Sam. 
Hi, thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Oh, thanks so much. Um, I think it should be really specific and say it expires on. Yeah, and you would take that to because mean that like after this date, I don't eat this, right? Yep, that's exactly what I would think. It's real specific and very short and sweet. But don't you think, though, Sam, that like that if they have a federal standard of that, that don't you have to be suspicious? Of the of that date because they're probably trying to get you to eat it sooner, so then you buy another package. Okay, well, this is Mr. Skeptic talking there, but uh, <laughs> see, right? I yes, just, I just think for people who aren't sure, I just think you know, hey, I'm just I'm not going to smell it, I'm not going to taste it, I'm not going to touch it. I'm just it's expired. Goodbye. What's the worst thing you ate? Uh, a rotisserie chicken that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Enough said. Thank you, Sam. Right, right. We won't follow up on that. How, one. how far are you willing to push the date? I guess is my question. Like I, the larger question in my house is the leftovers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how long is this? But I think we made that like last week Thursday. Nah, that's good. That's fine. Let's go to uh, Bill here from Bristol. Morning, Bill. Good morning. First, a shout-out to Pancake. That was a great leading music. He does a good job. I love it. Yeah. And uh, I love the ham The ham uh, sticker story. Uh, I think it was the uh, sticker that expired, not the meat. You know, that's why you had to replace <laughs> it. Sure. This, of this sticker's no good anymore. <laughs> but the, the main comment that I wanted to make is that, you know, once that product leaves the producer's hands, gets shipped to grocers, whatever, it's out of their control, you know? So the grocer might uh, be short-staffed on a certain day and the dairy products sit out of the cooler for two hours before they get put away. You know, uh, you keep your fridge at 67 degrees, I keep mine at 62. Um, Once it leaves the producer's hands, it's a a moving target as to how long that food will last. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I think that's interesting, Bill, because there's a lot more that goes into it other than the date that's on there. The handling of your food certainly plays a critical role. Also, pro tip, Bill, if your fridge is at 62, that's not cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> 826 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Why'd you laugh so hard at that? I bet broke Eric when I told when I told Bill his fridge was too warm. <laughs> because it, it I heard it and I was like, hmm, sixty something. Right? It's, it's a little warm for the room. Yeah, hey, how about a lukewarm beer? How about a slightly cool beer? <laughs> this milk doesn't taste quite right. Hey, listen, they ought to slap one of them labels on Bill's fridge. Anything in here is no good. Uh, here's one from the four one. We're just teasing you, buddy. Looking at my refrigerator, ninety five percent of my condiments are outdated last year. But they're not empty yet, so unless they're dried out or moldy, I think they're still good. I'll tell you what I recently was tartar sauce. We don't have a lot of fish, mm. but that was, I had fish sandwiches on the brain. Okay. So we brought that out, and I've made them. They're all set to go. I'm preparing my bun with a little hunk of cheese, sure. and I want a little bit of lettuce in there, a little crispy crisp. I'm yep. making myself a, a fish fillet, right? Okay. The, uh, what do they call that? Uh, filet of fish at McDonald's, right? I'm following that model, ready to go. Look in the fridge, no tartar sauce. I thought I had tartar sauce on the list a thousand years ago. Go in the pantry, there's one, unopened, ready to go. It was like three months expired. No way I wasn't having that tartar sauce. So you <laughs> went for it? Right on there. Yeah. Fine.
Good for you. Look at me. I'm right see, here. I'm fine. See, I wonder about that because if they because what's happening is there's a push now to have a specific uh, regulated sell by date because right now we have use by, sell by, right. maybe by, consider this by, all these different things. If they had a unified one that said consume by, yes, you know we'd all push it, or at least I would I'd push it a couple of See, days. See, that's faster. what I want definitively. Hereafter, this is unsafe for you to consume. This will ruin my day by. This will make you <laughs> sick by. <laughs> right. One more call on this. Uh, let's check in with Cindy here in Muskego. Morning, Cindy. Good morning. I have a, a, a label for you. It'll say discard after. Ah, okay. And you're looking for that to and be all, the date after which it's just no good. This, that's it, yes. But I come from an age when we didn't have any labels, and the cans, the way we would test them is to press down on the top of the can, and if that lid would pop up again, you know, that meant it's not good. Throw it away. Oh, that's interesting, because, like, the, the vacuum seal isn't working anymore. Right, right. That, w- that was our way of testing canned goods. Ah, pro tip there from Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. Isn't there something like that with a milk carton? If it, There's that indentation in the milk. Someone mm, told me that once. I have to investigate that. That's one where I pretty much follow the date. Although, you go by the you know, smell, if it's right, right on the edge, right? Usually you can, you can tell right away whether or not that's any good. Oh, yep. no thank <laughs> yeah, you. The milk is done. on Wisconsin's Morning News. An update to a story that we were talking about yesterday that's a golf story that's not really about golf. This is about a a lifetime success story, a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience story, and this guy's story keeps getting better. Hello? Michael. Yes. This is Michael Toth, the tournament director at Colonial. Hey, what's going on, Michael? Great week, my friend. Congratulations. Don't tell me what you're going to tell me, because if you tell me, I'm going to start crying right now, man. That is PGA professional Michael Block after he just finished a dream weekend of golf, tying for 15th among the world's best golfers at the PGA Championship. 15th, that doesn't so much to celebrate, right? Well, here's the deal. He's on the phone with this tournament director for the next PGA event this weekend. It's the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Golf Course. It's in Fort Worth, Texas. A pro tour event with an $8.7 million purse. I'll tell you why that's so significant in a moment. We would love for you to come play in our golf tournament, and we have an exemption available, and we'd love for you to be at Fort Worth this week. So why is this such a big deal? Michael Block, I said he's a PGA professional. He's not a PGA Tour player, and there's a big difference. Like a tennis, tennis has this. They call him the tennis pro, right? The golf pro. These are folks, men and women, who are out at your local club. They essentially make their living teaching golf lessons to the likes of, of you and me and Mr. and Mrs. Haverkamp. No, Mr. Haverkamp, the, the green's right over there. It's that way. Look, sir, just, just bend a little bit that way and swing away and just straight up. It's fine. Great. So this is what these patient golf and tennis and other skills professionals are out there doing, trying to help guys like Eric and me Break a hundred. I hit mine into the water. He's the teaching pro at Arroyo Trabuca Golf Club. It's a public golf course in California. And how golf works is because the PGA Championship is put on by the PGA, the Professional Golfers Association, um, or is it Pro Golf Association America? PGA America, right? So they're putting on the tournament, and club pros like these folks 
do have an opportunity, and that they do the same thing on the women's side, uh, have an opportunity to qualify for this tournament. They compete. Now, most of these folks don't play a lot of competitive golf anymore because they're busy, you know, teaching. But they do have a qualification process, and several of them make the PGA Championship every year. Same thing like we had up at Whistling Straits three times. Among the the greats in the game are also these folks who make their living day-to-day just teaching. And usually they get boat raced uh, on the... Yeah, I mean, the expectations, what's so interesting is these are great golfers, and the difference between them and people who compete week in and week out is still pretty stark. Like, that's how good you have to be to be on tour. And so, right, they come there, they play a couple of the days, they don't usually make it to the weekend, and then they go home, and it, wow, what a great experience. Except for this dude, Michael Block, at the PGA Championship, made the weekend, he made the cut, and kept playing, and played super well. Here's this guy who, a week ago, is teaching golf lessons to the Haverkamps, and Eric and me, <laughs> and now he's paired on Sunday of a major with Rory McIlroy, and they're walking the course together. And in the final round, he also gets a hole-in-one. He ends up tied for 15th. And now he's going on to play again this weekend in a sponsor's exemption to the next pro event. If you could uh, talk to my boss real quick um, and tell him that uh, (laughs) I I won't be at work next week. Is that okay, Matt? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, okay, good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, no, no, he's right here. He's right here. He's got tequila in his hand, so he's good. Yeah, Matt's right here. He's the boss. Because Matt's coming too, apparently. Well, I don't know about you, but if I had a scheduled appointment, I'd be a little PO'd right now. <laughs> Everybody back at the club in Orange County is like, hey. We have a 9 a.m. on Friday. On Friday, I got a two-day tournament coming up here. We were going to work on wedges this week. What, gi- what gives, I don't care Mike? if you have a chance at a purse. <laughs> Good for you. That's great. What about me? Right. Paying you 50 bucks a half right. hour here, right? What are we doing? I also wondered about his wife. I mean... Again, this is a day job. He this he goes to his job, whatever. Once in a lifetime experience. Here he is now. She's looking forward to getting him back home, right? We got stuff to do. We got the Johnsons coming for dinner Wednesday night. Here's oh, we're gonna play golf this weekend too. <laughs> it's not on the schedule. It's not on the calendar. Oh, you played golf. Let me see. We played golf practice round Wednesday. Played golf Thursday. Played golf Friday. You said I'll never play. I'm never. I won't make the weekend, so I'll be back. Sat. Played golf Saturday. Oh, curious. Played golf with your buddy Rory. Is that your new best friend now, Rory McIlroy? He's your new friend. Played golf on Sunday. Now here we are, Sunday, and we're not going home. We're gonna play golf again on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, what would he have to do to play again after this weekend? Well, so this is a, a sponsor's exemption. So he didn't qualify based on merit. For the tournament, but the sponsors, Charles Schwab here, who's putting on the thing, they get a certain number of slots that they can give to anybody. So if it's a golfer that might be affiliated with them, or maybe somebody local, they give a nod to somebody local who would generate interest. And so they smart, have freedom there. It's smart for them to do this because obviously he's been the talk of the of the week so far following the PGA Championship. Why not get him out there? You get more attention to your tournament. Brooks Kepka won his fifth major. No Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> it's all who Michael cares? Block. So you're you're right. It's a brilliant move on their part, and he's going to have that opportunity. Who knows how long he can play this out? He did, by the nature of his uh, number 15 finish, qualify for next year's PGA Championship. So he gets he gets an invite back, regardless of how things go at home. I already have him scheduled for next year. (laughs) Right. Actually, his wife uh, Val Block is said to be super supportive. They've got teenage kids. I read up on them a little bit, so I'm sure she's super happy for him, is, is said to be really supportive and exciting. He also brought home a paycheck of $290,000, so 
Will this speak to you? <laughs> Is this good? That's a peach, man. Oh, dolly, I'm hot today. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Some huge news for not just Green Bay, but for the entire state of Wisconsin. Green Bay is going to host the 2025 NFL Draft. I'm just really happy, not only for the organization, but uh, for the the whole community. Actually, the entire state is going to benefit from it. Yeah, Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy, the entire state better benefit from it because we're all going to have to play a part in putting on this event in a relatively small, the smallest of NFL cities. Steve Scafidi... From the Steve Scafidi Show. Yeah, that's the same guy. He is joining yeah. us right now because I wanted to bring you in because uh, I know you're a longtime Packers season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you attended the NFL draft. In Vegas. In Vegas, ago, right, yeah. two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that is it is becoming a massive event. There are a lot of people there. Just your initial reaction, having attended that event in Vegas, seeing all the things that go into it. Are we going to pull this off? Absolutely. I, I was all around the Vegas sites. There's a lot of people. You can spread out. You know, Green Bay, they have space around the stadium, last time I checked. And there's other places that they can use, other sites they can utilize. This this fear of not having enough room or not having enough hotel rooms is, is silly and stupid. You're going to take this event. This is a big deal for the city. And we can start thinking about ways that we can complain about it. This is a big deal. We will figure it out. How many people are we talking about? Like, there's no way they half could, a million probably. They, they couldn't do it in the atrium, though, right? Like, no, they, of course They have not. to do it outside They're, in the elements, perhaps. In Vegas, it was outside. In all of that heat, it was outside. In Kansas City, outside. They have covered venues that they can put up. They're they're open air. Sounds like they don't care about the fan, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, April and Green Bay can be a little tricky, let's be honest. Yeah, it can. But we'll figure it out. I mean, what are we, babies? What do you think? Like big tent over parking lot? Like one of these I'm talking a mega structure. Right. I'm talking, you know, the things they But not a permanent. No, no. In the parking lot, probably right. one of these structures that, uh, what is the, the company that does that stuff? Like, Carl's used, Party Rental? It used to be Carl's. Now it's, I think it's United Rentals. They can set up something that's so huge, all that stuff. Matter of fact, I'll tell you a quick story. Arena America is based in Oak Creek. That's what it is, right. yes. Thank you for that's that. That's what correction. I was thinking. Thanks for they, that correction. They did all the, no, they did all the build out at the Ryder Cup. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And they do, that's their, that's their expertise. They will figure it out. The bathrooms at, in Vegas that I was, when I was going to the bathroom at the events, mm-hmm. air conditioned. Looked like a regular hotel bathroom. That's how good the, the the setting is there. So having seen this up close in Vegas, give us a little bit of the scope here. So you're talking about several days. I mean, at least a week in advance, you'll have people showing up. Sure, yeah. I mean, at least, right? And mm-hmm. just the size. I was there for the whole week. I mean, you said a half a million people. That's my guess. You, you know, in some of these cities, you could get a million people, a million five. You're not going to get that in Green Bay because some people will travel. And and I, I was arguing with a sports writer earlier on Twitter, which... First of all, why were you doing that? I don't know. <laughs> Again, if I wasn't doing this, I probably wouldn't be on Twitter. Okay. But he's, he, they're all worried about hotel rooms. So anybody who can't make the drive from somewhere else that, that wants to avoid a hotel room will be replaced by somebody who will make the drive. This is a big deal. Having been to the party... It, it's a it's a it's a centerpiece area, which is all where the where the players come into, where the all the NFL people are. That each team gets, I think, twenty seats for their select group of fans. I was part of that for the Green Bay's Packers two years ago, and then everybody else is kind of outside the covered area. That's going to be the tricky part for the Packers because it's April. You could get fifty, and you could get 
I don't know, 15. Not, like that that right. could, actually could be awesome, though. Like, it could be. I mean, it's not necessarily great for the fan, but if like Steelers nuts are out there, Browns, all these guys, and it's snowing. They're good with it. Yeah, yeah and it starts snowing. <laughs> I mean, that, that right. would be cool. Picture and other us. than Buffalo, what venue, what team has the support of people who show up whatever the weather conditions? Nobody. You know, and you mentioned the mm. other possible or, or the other areas that will play a role in this. Certainly the Rush Center, which is the arena that's right across the street from Lambeau Field. You have the KI Center, which is the convention center that's all attached. So you have that whole infrastructure built out just across the, you know, across Oneida Street from the parking lot there. And then, of course, Lambeau Field. On the other side, then, you have the whole Titletown District and the build-out that's happened there. So you have office space. You have entertainment venues as well. Isn't this what we built this for? Yeah. Right? We have space. Now, the roads might be a challenge. I'll give them that. They might have to close some of these because roads. Because fans yeah. aren't staying in those hotels. All those all those yes. hotels will get eaten fans up. Fans are going to have to make the commute. But here's what I know about Green Bay Packers fans. They make the commute every sure. game. They're coming from all over the state. The people that sit next to me in the club section, Iowa. Yeah. The state of Iowa. They make that drive for all the home games. So is this the biggest thing we'll see in Titletown? Because we're not getting a Super Bowl. No. But like this, NFL has to be wise, as big as it gets. This yeah. is as big as it gets, right? Yeah, it's as good as it gets. This is a great story. This is, you know, I get really upset when people try to complain about why is Green Bay getting it? Why didn't the Twin Cities get it? Awesome. Why didn't Everybody likes to compare the teams to the NFC North. Other than the Bears, who have actually had success as a big-time franchise, Lions and Vikings, not so much. So you're not comparable. You have the you had the giveaway tickets in the 70s and 80s for the Vikings. You have the giveaway tickets in Detroit. That doesn't happen in Green Bay. That's the difference. You know, and you will have the full support of the Green Bay Packers in a way that some of the other teams haven't gotten behind it as well. I actually personally know one of the people that's involved in this with the Packers outside of Mark Murphy, and she's um, on the top of their marketing chain right there and has worked for years on this. And a huge congratulations to her. Her name is Gabrielle Dow, and she's done an amazing job with the Packers and is in a unique position as a woman in that field as well there with the team. I'm super happy for her as as a friend and somebody I've worked with over the years. They're going to do a great job because they're going to own it. Everybody sees Mark Murphy, and Mark Murphy has achieved a lot in his time as the Packers president. There's a whole group of people that are doing amazing work in the NFL's smallest city to make this a look, – look at the success of the franchise, the team, 30-plus years in a small city. Come on, people. Celebrate this. I'm talking about it to start my show. All right. Back with one more story right before we get to Steve. I want to – I want to do the late night hosts on the All band right. list. Okay. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Coming up on 8.58 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You going to sanction Russia? We don't let your funny man come into Russia. How about that? Big news A from little, Russia. How you say? Tit for tat? <laughs> America? So Russia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs announcing that it's banning a list of Americans. These Americans can no longer go to Russia. No travel allowed to Russia. Mm-hmm. In response to President Biden's sanctions against Russia. So yes, this list includes... Damaging. Lots of different VIPs. Former President Barack Obama's on that list, which is a shame. I think the Obamas were planning a, uh, a spring getaway to <laughs> Russia, to Moscow. Several senators, notable political figures. Now, 
I should say that there are people that do business sometimes in Russia. For so, sure. Okay. Uh, but they have been banned. So several senators, a lot of political figures are banned from going to Russia now, according to the Russia Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And also? Also on that list, late night TV host Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, and Seth Meyers. They cannot go to Russia. You don't want your American funny men. who we'll see how funny now they are. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. When cannot travel to Russia. Perhaps they just don't get the humor. <laughs> Or like, like they think like that's going to be deeply offensive to us. Ooh, <laughs> now we're talking. Hey, that's low. You got my attention now. <laughs> now we're paying attention. What's interesting there uh, is not who's on the list, but who's not. So Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> not on the list. Jimmy's got to have, have to explain this. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> He's some sort of so- Soviet stooge over there? Right? Like, what's your deal? How did you not get on this list? Does he not rip on Trump enough? Is that, is or did that... they not know him? Who is Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> Don't watch NBC. No, they had Seth Meyers. He's NBC. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Come on, same time as others. No Jimmy Fallon allowed. No, Jimmy Fallon is funny. We like right. him. Yeah, we like, yeah he's he is the best allowed. one. Yeah, so no Colbert. Kimmel, we suggest live program here in Russia. Maybe they should do that. Perestroika. Fallon could do the, the show out there. Like he's, Sometimes he moves from place to place. He's done it in L.A. before. <laughs> Okay, well, don't look for that anytime soon. 8.59 o'clock. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.